We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle United were soundly beaten at Manchester City by five goals to nil. Does it matter? How do we feel? They're the things we're going to talk about this week as United have got two games left to try and get themselves up and to that top 10 as the season comes to an end. I have Norman Riley and Charlotte Robson with me. Charlotte, let's start with you. You went, you were there, you witnessed it firsthand. Mm. How was it? It was uh, It was brilliant. What a great day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it was sunny. That was nice. Etihad is a good stadium. It's well thought out. It's very imposing, all of the um, sort of academy and everything like that around there. Obviously, the football was, um, half of it was good, the Man City half, and <laughs> uh, and half of it was, I left a lot to be desired. I think it's a good, I think it was a good um, bringing us back down to earth. There is still tons of work to do with this squad, and uh, maybe not all of this squad, and um, generally it was it was a good day out. I'm pleased it was. You took something other than the result, uh, which most Newcastle fans have had to get used to over the years. Um, and there's been some there's been some real highs this season. Norman, um, we've discussed in a, put, a couple of patron shows, actually, your comments on the last free pod. You thought, uh, in fact, you predicted that Newcastle wouldn't pick up another point this season. Uh, and you said on that podcast that that doesn't change anything, that the season has still been like almost a miracle, you know, job done. Um, what was your reaction in that context after the game yesterday? Are you very much looking at these fixtures thinking, you know what, Eddie's just learning stuff, it doesn't matter? Or do you think actually for Newcastle to be taken seriously in the future, they can't just um, get hammered 5-0 and shrug their shoulders? I don't think they will get hammered 5-0 in the future and shrug their shoulders. Um, I don't even... I think taken individually, it's a devastating defeat, right? Because it's it's not just a defeat, it's an absolute slamming. And there's no, it's horrible getting slapped. Like, it's horrible. Like, I can mean, 3-0 away from home against Man City against Liverpool, against Spurs, against Arsenal, Chelsea. It's horrible, but you can deal with it. You, you can deal with it, right? Especially Newcastle United over the case of the last 15 years. You get used to dealing with it. But there's something about a fourth and a fifth goal that just makes it like that much more difficult to stomach. So my initial reaction post-match yesterday, I left you a voice message. I'd been watching at the pub with a Liverpool supporting friend, and obviously he was very grateful for the efforts of, uh, of the Magpies. Um, <laughs> but I left the pub and I left you a message not criticising how at all, but I guess voicing may upset with the manner of the defeat. I thought it was very much um, kind of lie down and just give up sort of performance. That was the immediate, immediate after the match. Still elements of that apply, I think. But on reflection, 
Man City were just very, very, very good. They've got a lot to play for. They had their fingers burned during the week against Real Madrid. So there was a point to prove to a certain extent, as ridiculous as it might sound, saying, you know, a team that's won the league multiple times has a point to prove. But they kind of, you know, they gave they very much gave that attitude. They were, they were more or less at it from the off. I did think the early exchanges, we actually had the better of them for about the first sort of five minutes. Um, but <laughs> hugely disappointing losing in that manner. It, it, it is 5 0 is a horrible, horrible result. But then again, I've had time to reflect. I look back and I think, well, a couple of years ago, they, they slapped Arsenal 6 0 at home. They put seven past Leeds at home this season. They put five past Watford at home recently. And okay, you could argue that Leeds and Watford are, Watford are definitely relegated. Leeds may well get relegated. But if you look at it like this, we're not streets ahead of those two teams, bearing in mind where we were sort of January, February. So it's it's an awful result. It's horrible to stomach. But as I said last week, and you've just reminded listeners there, if we lose all these all the games you know, between now and the end of the season, we'll have to, we still have to look at the bigger picture. I think Hell would have learned a lot from that. He's probably learned a little bit more about certain players as well. And he kind of referenced it, didn't he, today, when he came out and said some of these players that fans have loved for a long time will be moved on, ultimately. So I, a huge learning experience, really disappointing. But again, I like to see a new mate is roll on summer. Roll on the end of the season and roll on the summer, basically. Yeah, I agree. And, um, <laughs> you know, how is obviously that referencing some players who we can only speculate about, and I'm sure we will, but I don't know if I'm ready for Jeff Henrik to leave this football club. I hope he gets uh, the chance he deserves and uh, and see you next season. Obviously, that's a joke. That's a joke in my heart. Um, <laughs> Jeff Henrik needs to go play in the championship where he where he's welcome. Um, very interesting that you you know normally you, you had that you loved you had that initial reaction. I don't think you can get in the QPR team, but anyway, this is not a podcast about Jeff Henrik. Um, one of the interesting things about yesterday was the fan reaction for me. I don't think there's been a more like mature kind of acceptance um, from a fan base to lose 5-0, to lose in that manner. Man City could have scored more. Newcastle could have scored more. Um, like you said, the kind of, and I think Eddie Howe said this post-match, the last three minutes really give the, the result a different complexion. However, really, in terms of the dominance of Manchester City, I don't think you can say 5-0 flatters them. Um, but... What I what I what I think Eddie Howe will take from this, or or he'll be most disappointed. It's not the, not so much the result. I'm sure he'll be very disappointed with the result. But if there's a manager who's used to getting slapped by Man City, it's Eddie Howe. His record against them is disastrous, and I think it's it's the manner and of a couple of the goals. So I think particularly goals two and three. Everything that Newcastle have been under Eddie Howe went out of the window in goals two and three, and that's hard to break down um, defensively, resolute, particularly from set pieces and. To concede, first of all, both of those corners didn't have to be corners. There were mix-ups at the back between players, and if you're going to give good teams opportunities from set pieces in your half, the chances are you know you have a higher chance of being punished. And I also just think that Emil Kraft in particular, and Sean Longstaff in particular, and Jamal Lascelles as, as a third, they all had really bad days yesterday, and they're players who definitely are fighting for their future at Newcastle United. And I think. You know how there was always going to be a revolution this summer. People talk about evolution, not revolution. But you know, there's probably six to ten players who are who aren't Newcastle United in a first team capacity who will be moved on in the summer if we can take players, uh, if we can if we can get teams to take them. Um, so so those three players really let themselves down. And Newcastle by conceding those set piece goals, it's fine. Man City were excellent. Man City have got world class players. I, I think we can all agree. But in particular, the first three goals were were really below the standards Newcastle had set for themselves this season. Chris Woff did an article for The Athletic last week where he said, in the training ground, Eddie Howe has a slogan, which is, intensity is our identity. Um, 
Charlotte's face. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that sort of thing. He's like peeled. He's had that printed and peeled onto stickers and peeled it off and put it on the wall, hasn't he? Probably how they've probably got screens now that can change what goes on the wall daily, but no, no, it's it's, it's like in cursive on the wall forever. Yeah. <laughs> but but you didn't see that from Newcastle United yesterday. You didn't no. see that intensity. Uh, you didn't see a lot of things, but I think that's what's disappointed the most. But back to what Norman said, Charlotte. I mean, get your thoughts on it now. Um, as someone who spent time and money to go there and watch a game that was televised, a game which for Newcastle United did mean an awful lot. You know, are, are you are you taking this viewpoint that it's just one of those things? The future is glorious. Or are you a little <laughs> bit more concerned than that? Like I said at the beginning, I think it is a reminder that we are. Yeah, we've we've done the previously impossible, and we're we're staying up. And from the position we were in in December, that was impossible. Like I, I had us nailed on for relegation, especially after we lost to Cambridge, and. I think I I think I'm trying to be rational about it, right? I don't think all is lost and I don't think we're still class and everything's fine. I know I spoke to some people yesterday, you know, I was, you know, ferrying some tickets for people and met up with one guy and he was like, you know, I'm just here for the party. Like we're fine. It doesn't matter. It's Man City. Like who cares? Like it's I'm just here for the party. I'm here for the the sun and and like to have a nice time and I'm you know, fair enough. Like that's a that's a fine approach as well. I, I I was hoping it wouldn't be quite the pasting it was yesterday, but I didn't really expect us to get anything from Man City. I think, yeah, I just think there's tons of work to do and actually papering over some of those cracks with a not bad result m- might have done, might be more of a disservice to this squad in, in the long term. So, yeah, I think I'm not... um. Uh, yeah <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say I, I think there's I think it just highlighted how much work there is to do and there is tons of work to do I think it'll be a really interesting summer for us there is a lot of work to be done I think the initial reaction from me yesterday and maybe other people maybe people listening to this podcast had a similar reaction is that you almost temporarily forget when you cast United on new in compared to where they were 12 months ago or where they've been for 14 or 15 years. So these kind of slaughterings at places like Man City, where you concede relatively early and you're almost fooled, that's something that we've been used to, you know, but we have been used to them and in the hurt. And I think yesterday, May, so it's almost like this default kind of um, subconscious emotion just popped up and it was like, oh man, we've just been hammered again. But actually, this isn't going to be the case moving forward. As, as devastating as yesterday was, is suggestive as it was of the clear deficiencies in the squad and the amount of work that how Tyndall et al. the board have to do, um, it it's going to be in the grand scheme of things. I think if you look at like let's say results four years from new right and we take we include that Man City result as the last game, that's going to be a complete anomaly. So whereas if we lost five nil two years again, you just knew that another five nil pace and four nil pace will be in the corner. Whereas new it's like yesterday this happened and actually Ari did happen, but. How many times is this really going to happen over the course of the next four or five years? Probably, well, probably none at all. I'm, I'm tempting fate by that, so I'll touch some wood. But um, I, it, just, mm. it was just a kind of almost like I felt like I was back in that moment of Newcastle being utterly shite again for a bit. But actually, that's not the real case. So I pack that one away and move on, I think. To part two of the show, uh, there are some adverts coming up. If you don't want to listen to them, I want to support this podcast. 
and keep it going please join us on our patreon page which is six pounds 60 month for lots more podcasts like this back after these we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, part two of the show. Norman, I'm going to come to you first in this one. You thought, in fact, I'll start with me to come to you. Um, I did realise this morning that Newcastle were actually missing a number of first-team players, up to six if you include Joe Willock as first-team. If you don't, definitely five in Shelby, Fraser, Shaw, Wilson, Trippier, who couldn't start again. There's five absolute cast-iron guaranteed starters for Newcastle United. Made me think a little bit more about the defeat and, and how hard it would have been to to get something at Manchester City. With that, you know, it's hard enough to do it with a full-strength team. To do it with five or six guaranteed first-team starters out there made it much more difficult, and I don't think that was really picked up on by a lot, certainly by the, the cut in the coverage of the game or by the media. And all. What, what did you make of the, the, the lack of options how hard yesterday? You're absolutely correct that the players you've mentioned there would, would have been you know, guaranteed starters. But I think you can, to a certain extent, discount Trippier and Wilson from it because they've just been out for so long in this brilliant run that we've been on. They haven't played a part in terms of on the pitch, at least in any ways. I mean, obviously on the training ground, Wilson and Trippier give the impression of both being natural leaders. So you'd imagine they've had some sort of input in terms of keeping people's spirits up. But in terms of what's happening on the pitch, they haven't they haven't been that involved that much. And I think yesterday what it showed was actually how important players like Fabian Shea and John Joe Shelby have been to this side. I think yesterday... We saw Jamal Lascelles step in. And again, I've got a lot of love for Jamal Lascelles. How's words today? Lascelles was the first player that popped into my head when he said that. He's been an incredible servant at the club. He's been here through a lot of thin um, and, you know, a couple of thicks. But ultimately, his limitations as a Premier League football, I think, were shown yesterday. Whereas Fabian Shea, despite the fact that, you know, he cost three and a half million from Deportivo La Coruña, which on paper really tells you that he ought not to be a Premier League player for that kind of paltry price. He's a very good footballer, and what he can do is he can put his foot on the ball. He can pick a pass. He can bring a calmness and an assuredness, and he's got a confidence there that I don't think Lasalle has, and we really missed that. And trying to counter-attack against Man City when 
not only a Seamus, but also a John Joe Shelby, another player who can pick passes, who can see space, who can bring players into the game. It was huge. So we were we were fighting an uphill battle yesterday, basically, without those two ball-playing kind of pivots in the middle of the park. Um, but I, of course, Trippie and Wilson, huge losses. But as I say, because I haven't played that much recently, I think it was actually Shane Shelby who we really missed yesterday, if you look at it in the context of our recent run. I uh, I totally agree, and that LaSalle's point is a really interesting one, Norman, because one of the things that I noticed after the first sort of 10 minutes of the game yesterday was this sort of, um, this, like, old Newcastle kind of panic. Like, there was a... Re- I, I don't know, and I was trying to put my finger on it being there, and, and I got there quite early, and I was, you know, outside the Etihad, and, and it's, it, it like I said there, it was, it's big. It's, it's imposing. It's in the middle of nowhere, so it's just city stuff everywhere there's the like women's bit and then there's the train they've got a training stadium and then they've got the academy and all of these things all really close by and 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 also their class so I don't know if our players get into their own I don't know if there's something psychological that's going on um where our players are getting into their own heads a bit by coming to somewhere where they're really good and a bit by like coming to somewhere where, and it's one of the reasons I think our new training ground and our academy and all of that stuff, when we build that up, that's going to, that I think it'll get, I think it gets into visiting players' heads. Like, and, and this kind of panic on the pitch yesterday, um, it just felt, it felt like Newcastle of old and, and it, and it was almost always led by Lascelles, which which was, um, you know, it's such a departure because he used to be, you know, capt- the captain who could, like, calm things down. But he just, I don't know, it's there's some some kind of shift. And I think that's uh, explainable given all of the changes to the club and the changes to the personnel and the changes to the ownership and the changes on the team and all of that stuff. But it was just, um, it was just, sort of remarkable how scrappy and and sort of like as the word is panic I just keep saying panic but you you know it was a I was kind of surprised to see it yesterday Lascelles is an interesting one obviously and everything you've said there about him I, I agree with and we saw his limitations as we have done on numerous occasions over the past two to three seasons really there are a couple of areas I think that made it tougher for him. One, Man City didn't play with a real centre-forward. And for Lascelles, that's tough because he's a kind of defender who needs a centre-forward to mark, I think. Um, he's, he's got that more more sort of old-school element to him. The second thing, I mean, is coming in precisely against Man City, right? It's not going to be easy when you've been on the team for a while or you haven't played regularly. But the other thing is, going back to Shea, him and Byrne have developed a really good partnership. You know, the Spurs result aside where we got torn apart... Shea and Byrne have played together for most of Byrne's time at the club and they've developed a real understanding really quickly. There's a, there's a real good partnership there working in tandem and Lascelles getting dropped in alongside Byrne, it's just, uh, it just didn't work. And I think you, you, you touched on it there, Charlotte, I think Lascelles' confidence has been shot for, mm-hmm. for quite a while and you could you could see it on the pitch yesterday. So it's a, t- a tough game for, for, for Jamal Lake but, uh, and, and probably... I do think he'll be moved on in the summer. Not to take away from anything that he's um, that he's achieved at Newcastle and what he's given the club, but ultimately you looked at that yesterday and you thought, aye, he's probably one of the few players you think, if we're going to head up the table, they're the ones that we need to be looking to replace. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I don't want to dig him out too much. It's Man City and they are they 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 were just, they were just very good yesterday. And I, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the second half and how we just didn't really come out. Yeah. 
I, I think one of the things about yesterday, which is probably <clears throat> over or, or not, it was as exaggerated, was the effect of Manchester City's midweek defeat because it, you know ultimately Man City go to Real Madrid, one of the hard, hardest places to go, and should win the game three uh, nil. Don't, and then somehow Newcastle United with Jamal Sells and Emil Kraft as a right hand side of the back four are supposed to kind of replicate what Real Madrid did did in, in about six minutes of football. It was never going to happen and. We've made the point before that when Newcastle go to these places, it's not just the current manager with the current set of players th- that are battling the opposition, like Liverpool, Manchester City. It's the substandard training facilities. It's the lack of preparation from the start of the season. It's the the fact that Eddie Howe's only had one transfer window. The fact that uh, you know they've had so many key players missing for so long. And really, the, the more you think about it, the more logical you are. Whilst I'm not excusing losing five 0 I don't think I, don't, I never want to be that kind of fan who just who can who who, like Norman said earlier, the positive if there is a positive is that hopefully we won't have to feel that again in future. But there there is you know there is it does still hurt losing these games. I don't want to just sit here and say oh that was fine because oh we stayed up so that's fine. We've stayed up and it's a miracle and, and Eddie Howe for me is still the manager of the season. Uh, just regardless of what happens in these last few games, he's, such has been the job he has done. Um, I would like to question him slightly, and you two can pick him up if you want. There's, there is part of me that when I see, I see the, the lineup and I see the formation yesterday, um, it was a bit of a shock seeing a back four. Went to Chelsea, played a back five. Injuries might have played a, a big part in that, but that Chelsea template, a lot of Newcastle fans looked at that Chelsea game and thought that's the template to play against the top side who are going to dominate 70% of the ball. That's how you do it. We play... Uh, three centre-backs, I don't even know if we could have played three centre-backs yesterday, actually. I don't think we had a centre-back on the, the bench, but we, we, we were very open, and it's it's that's, it's that's five against Spurs, it's five against Man City. That's an aggregate against those two sides of something like 17-1 across the two, <laughs> across the season. Um, uh, Norman's just said Kraft could have covered a centre-back, which is a, a reasonable point. I'll take it, Norman. Um, so I was a bit, I was a bit surprised at that, but th- th- there's also part of me trying to give credit here that I don't want, you know, if if you're if you're going to be a top ten side or maybe even a top eight side next season, that's up for debate where we're going to be next season. Of course, the summer will tell as much. You you can't just kind of shit the bed and go five at the back every time you play a good team. You have to trust yourself. You have to trust what you do. Newcastle are missing five to six first team players yesterday. You could argue Eddie should be more pragmatic, but then also there is a little bit of me that's like we, we actually pressed them high at the start of that game. Chris Wood should have scored. ASM, you know, being slated through the week for suggesting he needs better players to finish the chances. Chris Wood proven him emphatically <laughs> right at the start. Uh, Jamal Lassell should score from the corner at 1-0. He hits Bruno on the line and the, the rebound's offside because Bruno's called offside despite stopping a certain goal. Lassell should score anyway. So it's not like Newcastle turned up rollover and died in the first minute. Like you said earlier, one of you said that, 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 that you know, 3 0, you're thinking, oh, that was a bit shit, but Man City were very good and it was a massive game for them. And they're motiv- they've, they've got all these extra motivations after what happened through the week. And 5 0, the, the, the kind of injury time um, really kind of doesn't give it that much of a slant in terms of the longer term plans at Newcastle United. Well, I'm not sure, but 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 I'm, I have to say, I'm a little bit concerned. You know, how's got this reputation um, of being defensively haphazard um, coming into Newcastle? That's been well and truly. You know, kicked out of the pot. All of us listening to this podcast have seen so many strong defensive displays from his team that he well and truly did the one thing hardly anyone thought he could do, and that sort the defense out against the top sides. Though it does seem to be, you know, his sides do tend to be beaten more heavily than other managers in the same positions in the league. Maybe, maybe that's irrelevant. And, and what Howe has done this season has been what he had to do. He had to beat the teams 
uh, initially above us because there, was, there wasn't anyone below us, <laughs> then the teams around us, and then the teams below us. And he's emphatically done all three of those things. And they're the most important things. I am very interested to see what happens against Arsenal now because he's got this horrific record against the top six. Newcastle have conceded 61 goals this season, which is very, very bad. Um, despite the, the the immense defensive improvements that Howe has overseen, this Arsenal game is the perfect opportunity to put this top six thing to bed, beat a top six side in a big game on television. We'll look ahead to next season, as we're already doing. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of articulate that. I get what you're saying, but what I heard in that, right, there's a few things, right? Eddie, ha- yeah, okay, maybe, maybe... Maybe a back four wasn't wasn't the right call yesterday with the personnel that we had on the pitch, right? But what you've said there is he... I just think Eddie Howe's a person who doesn't stop working. I think he said it himself. He doesn't stop working. He spent the 15 months or so that he was out of work traveling around, learning about and 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 building up his ability to, to your point, Alex, um sort out a defence. Everybody said he wouldn't be able to, and he did. So I think he's the sort of person that's going to be acutely aware of all this stuff and isn't going to be like, well, I've done my job, like, I've kept them up, like, everything's fine. I think these are things he's going to spend time working out. And whether or not he is able to... There'll be there'll be, there'll be be changes in the summer. There will be exits and there will be new... Um, new players whether or not it all works out like that obviously remains to be seen but I I, I I kind of back him to at least like identify this and um and do something about it I, I'm just gonna stay that little bit I, I realize you're not like slagging him off and like being really um, being really negative about him but I'm, I just there are question marks and it's right to question but I still think the kind of person that he is and the kind of manager that he is they'll be he he will he'll do he will he'll make he'll take steps to fix this i i agree with you i also think that'll happen and there is part of me that thinks well what fucking formation do you play with jamal Assel and emil craft <laughs> in your back like like what what are you supposed to do against yeah. sterling Grealish, and the rest of the lads with those players in your team, it is almost an impossible job. Having said that, but I agree with you, and I also think Eddie Howe doesn't come out after the game and make excuses. Yeah, the, his predecessor, but lots of other managers also um, come out and, and and the thing is, this is the thing about Howe and me not really realizing how many players were had out injured because he never talks about it. Mm. If it. Like I guarantee you, the previous manager or like a host of other managers in this league go out there yesterday and say we had six first team players missing today. Think about how much Jurgen Klopp complains. Yeah, exactly. Like, complains in, when they in, win. They're winning. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, I also back how to do it. You know, like I said, those two goals at the end. Is it even worth analysing this? Because if this is three 0 we're probably having a different conversation. Mm. Norman, you mentioned Jurgen Klopp there, and uh, just to let listeners know that Mike and I recorded a Peter and Prem Pata podcast, and we're both going on. I see both Arguin on Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola, and call them all the names under the sun because of the petulant displays over the weekend. Um, but look, I've, I'm looking at it like this. I, I said a second ago, a few minutes ago, that, you know, the 5-0 defeat, 4-0 defeats, they're going to be more or less a thing in the past, right? However, look, these results may crop up from time to time. And the way you got to look at it, the way I'm looking at it is, I look at Arsenal, right? Arsenal and Arteta improved dramatically over the last few years, but you spent a lot of money. 
they're still, I would say, a long, long way from Liverpool and Man City, right? That's the that's the crack at the minute, right? Liverpool and Man City are on a different plane to everyone else, right? And even Arsenal, who spend millions, more than any other team in Europe, still can't get any of them, but they're in the top four. Arsenal this season lost four out at Anfield and five out at uh, the Etihad. You know, so they've got that multi-talented squad and they've been a top six side for years and years and years and years, yet they've still gone to these stadiums and been absolutely slapped. So how may well have made a couple of tactical errors yesterday or, you know, the players weren't up for the job. But ultimately, it's not necessarily unusual for teams to go to Man City and get battered. And I'm talking teams at the top end of the table, i.e. Arsenal. So we may well be, given where we're at now and given where we want to be, we may be in a position like Arsenal on two or three seasons where you're winning most of your games, but you're still getting the occasional tonking off the teams who are still considerably ahead of you. Sean, let's finish on a positive. Uh, Newcastle's two best players yesterday you know Bruno's probably in that conversation as well but yeah. certainly Callum Wilson improves the team Kieran Trippier improves the team how good was it for you to see them back in action oh it was brilliant like um so excited to see them on the team sheet you can hear it on our matchday podcast my little excited mm-hmm. voice seeing them there as uh, on the on the bench um fully expected them to come on and you know after two three goals it's you know it's not going to make a massive difference to the scoreline probably but you never know <laughs> and i think that uh, yeah both of them coming on changed the game yeah there were a few mistakes it probably isn't the game to ease your way back in after a significant chunk of time for both of them you know Callum Wilson longer out um out on injury and uh Wilson did miss a couple of a couple of pretty clear-cut chances I would say and that we've, we've been crying out for a striker who can finish and still still making those cries but the that kind of commanding presence that both of them have I don't know if it's just me like sort of psychologically like thinking this is ch- this has changed there's a shift on the pitch now but it, it just did I mean you saw it right um ASM went down there was a tackle and ASM went down and he was and we got given the free kick it was it was close to the end of the second half and he's lying on the floor and lying on the floor and staying on the floor for ages I don't know if you saw it on the telly Trippier just came up and just grabbed him under the armpits and lifted him <laughs> up and stood him up and was like come on like ridiculous like waste of time you, you just you really miss you really miss that I didn't really realize how much I'd missed it but it was it's the same thing I think that Everton match when you know their goal went in he, he collected it from the net and was like come on we can like we can pick this back we can take this back like straight back to them you know he doesn't like wasting time he, he wants to he wants to win and he, he wants to sort of g the team up and I just I love I love having him on the pitch and I'm so glad he's back absolutely agree we looked better immediately just just a mere presence right and ultimately they those two they were superstars, aren't they? You know, that Trippier is a superstar, ultimately, given the career that he's had. Wilson, not not as much because, you know, he's played mostly football at Coventry and Bournemouth and Newcastle's the biggest club he's played for. He's hit 30 now and he's had a lot of injuries, but he's still a very gifted footballer. We saw that yesterday. The mere fact that he got into those positions to miss those chances is a positive because ultimately rust, rustiness would have played its part yesterday, right? There's no two ways about it. Um, one final thing on Wilson like when he came on yesterday, I almost forgot how good looking he is, right? It, it's it's like, <laughs> the COVID, like I said, like it, it like it it almost makes you feel like you know when Boromir says Galadriel and Lord of the Rings in the film, and he just starts like you can't look and he starts crying. That's how I felt. So I'm very, very <laughs> happy to see him back for his football ability and also the fact that he's he's his beauty just transcends sort of human belief, really. So there you go. 
He does, he does. He does elevate the squad, doesn't he? Like, he's, he's very handsome. <laughs> well, Eddie Howe, through the week uh, leading up to this game, was asked about him, I think, in the pre-match press conference, and he just said he looks good physically. Left with that. <laughs> we all, we all, Stating the obvious, Eddie, but okay. We all know what he means. <laughs> That, that will do us this week on the True Faith Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Arsenal game. Newcastle have got a lot to prove, and it should be about the last home game of the season. So we'll preview... Oh, and Wilson. Yeah, with... Yeah, with, that's with, it. With Trip here, Wilson and Bruno in the same team. Wow. Get me to Monday exactly. night. We'll have a full preview of that game and lots of other stuff on our Patreon platform. You can listen to the to our Patreon podcast on the pot, podcast platform of your choice. £6.60 a month, about 40 additional True Faith Newcastle United podcasts per month come and join us if Newcastle United is your thing which I assume it is because you listen to this podcast thanks to you Norman and Charlotte speak to you all very soon bye-bye everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.